Get ready to hear the truth about America on a show that's not immune to the facts with your host, Dan Bongino. So Biden's doing the othering thing again. You know the othering thing? My gosh, if you don't have a vaccination, you're all going to die. But don't worry, don't panic. You're like, wait, I think those are conflicting messages. Yeah, that's the point. There's like total messaging chaos going on in the White House right now. On one hand, they want you to panic and maximize the panic because it's worked for them and the forfeiting of your civil liberties. But on the other side, the Biden administration is realizing that the panic they're causing is causing the economy to take a backwards turn again. They're like, oh, no, we could lose elections. So what do we do? That's called a dilemma. They don't know what to do. I'll show it to you. Straight. They don't know what to Fauci. Cancel Christmas. Biden. Don't panic. Panic. They don't know what to do. It's sad. It really is. It's sad to watch. Hey, protect your online privacy today with a VPN. Go to expressvpn.com slash Bongino. Don't wait. Welcome to the Dan Bongino Show. Let's get right to it. I got that. I've got Rochelle Walensky from the CDC promoting a thoroughly discredited mask study that even a left-wing outlet has had a laugh at. And I want to thank the... Um, the Daily Yeast. Thank the Daily Yeast. Yes, yes, they did us an enormous favor promoting a story we wanted out there. So thank you to the Yeast. Optimizing SEO on that story. You all are terrific. If you're looking for a firearm that's easy to transport, you got to check out the U.S. Survival Rifle from Henry Repeating Arms. It's a portable rifle you can put together and take apart in a few minutes. And then when you're not using it, you can store the parts in the little case it comes in. It's so small, it can be stored anywhere, in a go bag, anywhere. It's light enough to carry everywhere. Comes in black and two different camo patterns. You can pick one up for three to $400, depending on the finish. You can watch a few videos at henryusa.com survival. And while you're there, be sure to order their free catalog. Henry makes more than 200 rifles, shotguns, and revolvers in the role made in America, backed by a lifetime satisfaction guarantee and the best customer service in the business. Go to their website. It's henryusa.com and be sure to order a free catalog. They'll send it with free decals on a list of dealers in your area. That's henryusa.com for a free catalog and decals and to see the Henry U.S. Survival Rifle. All right, Joe, let's go. All right, on Dasher, on Blitzen, on the rest of you reindeers that I cannot Joe remember. Joe Armacost Claus. That's right. This is, by the way, I want to thank Henry, Henry Rifles, right. Armacost Claus, for this cool mug. Uh, it's really big, which I like, because I can fit a whole bunch of stuff in there. I don't have to refuel throughout the day. So thank you, Henry. You know we love your rifles, and your mugs are pretty cool, too. So, hey, great news on my show this weekend on Fox Unfiltered, Saturday at 10. Saturday at 10, yes, we will have a show. We're, we're going to be recording a little early because of Christmas and some people have off. But the show's loaded. We've got Governor DeSantis, Ron DeSkywalker, Obi-Ron Kenobi, best governor in the country. I'm going to ask him about, he's got some interesting takes. I saw some of this stuff. I think he wanted, an interesting take on what the Biden administration knows about what's going on in Florida and why they're not doing it stay tuned. Also, I got my favorite sports moments of all time. We got two great guests, uh, Michael Ruzioni from the 1980s U.S. Olympic hockey team and Doug Flutie, the greatest Hail Mary pass of all time in the BC Miami game. Yeah, don't miss that. And a a loaded show. Don't miss it. Joe Conchon as well. Unfiltered Saturday at 10. Uh, Set your DVR if you can't see it live. Promise it's going to be a pretty good show. Okay, let's get right to it. Here's Joe Biden first doing the othering thing again. Joe Biden has nothing else, folks. All he has now, even though his CDC director and the science has acknowledged that the vaccination, uh, getting the vaccination, double vax, boosted, whatever it is, is not stopping transmission. It doesn't matter. He still insists on blaming transmission of this virus and the exploding new cases of this Omicron, which thankfully doesn't appear as serious as other variants. All he wants to do is blame it on people unvaccinated, who ironically, many of them unvaccinated with natural immunity are probably lesser a cause of the spread than the people he's trying to single out in the vaccinated side. But he's not going to tell you any of that. Here, check this out from his speech yesterday. Folks who are not vaccinated, you might think you're putting only yourself at risk. But it's your choice. Your choice is not just a choice about you. It affects other people. You're putting other people at risk. Your loved ones, your friends, neighbors, strangers you run into. And your choice can be the difference between life or death. Notice, if you're unvaccinated and have natural immunity from a prior COVID infection, none of what he said is actually true. That doesn't matter. The reason he doesn't want to address natural immunity and the left doesn't want to address natural immunity, I discussed this on my radio show yesterday and I'll hit it again today, is because there's nothing for the government to tell you to do with natural immunity. You get it? 
They love masks and vaccine mandates because the government is telling you to do something. Put your face diaper on, get the shot. If you say yes, it reinforces their power loop. It's a positive feedback loop. The more they do, the more they do, the more you comply, the more they do. The more you comply, the more they do. The more you agree with complying, the more they do. It's a positive feedback loop. Notice how he completely ignores natural immunity there as if it's not a fact of biological science. Because he has to other people. Because the other rig, you other people without the vaccine, is working for him or he thought it was. Now, I'm not going to play other cuts from the speech. You've seen them on news channels. And the speech was ridiculous. Was ridiculous. Okay? His new strategy is mass testing, sending out tests uh, across America. Ladies and gentlemen, I've already addressed this repeatedly. What is the problem with a mass test, mass testing for a respiratory virus? Any of you remember I addressed this early on, early, early on, like two years ago? The problem, folks, is Gee or Joe or me could test right now, and then five minutes later, if an exterminator were to come in the house or whatever, or a UPS guy, it could transmit COVID to me by breathing on me. The test is irrelevant. So if a test is only good in a 10 to 20 second window after the test, then what's the point? Is this hard, guys? Am I seriously? No. Is the audience ombudsman? Is this difficult? No, this no. is easy, Wimbe. Uh, thank you. A test for, say, HIV, um, another sexually transmitted disease. And that is a pretty good test. If you test negative for some STD and you don't engage in any kind of high-risk sexual behavior, you're not going to get the STD. So the test is pretty good. Right? Right. Is it? Guys, is any of this difficult? So let's just say you're going to some island nation that has a coronavirus testing requirement, right? The coronavirus, you cannot enter our nation unless you arrive with a negative test. So you take the test before you get on the plane. You can get corona on the plane. The test is irrelevant. Right. It doesn't matter. However, if you have a negative, you know, gonorrhea test and you haven't engaged in any sexual activity, Pardon the analogy, but it's it's apropos here. You can be rest assured when you enter the foreign nation, you don't have it. Is this difficult? You test it. That's your strategy to for three hundred and thirty million Americans to take a test that literally ten seconds after the test is maybe less. If you take the test and someone breathes on you while you're taking a test, you can get a negative test and then catch it right there. Yeah, the test is compromised as soon as you are around other it, human beings. Then you're beings. done. Yeah. Yes. It's, it doesn't matter. It's good and valid for the second you get the testers. That's it. Right. That's it. Right, right. He brings up a good point because he's going through this now. The test you have to take, Joe, 72 hours before you board. Oh. Not even to mention while you're on the plane. This is just, but this is Joe Biden. Like, smashing the American head against the desk, doing the same thing over and over, wondering why your head, well, oh, why does my head hurt? Maybe because you're bashing your head on the desk. More mask mandates didn't work. More vaccine mandates, those didn't work. Mass testing, that didn't work. And by the way, a lot of people were kind of applauding. You know, well, at least Joe Biden was saying, which he did during some components of the speech, that the Omicron Let's not panic. Folks, there's no, there's no applause for Joe Biden, okay? Um, I'm very sorry. I'm not trying to sound like a Scrooge or a jerk. You know, oh, we should applaud these people when they do the right thing. I, the only reason I say that, and I want you to make no mistake here, is that the only reason Joe Biden, during portions of that speech, said things like, hey, we're not going to panic over Omicron. The only reason is because he's starting to realize the panic campaign is starting to do damage to his economic numbers where he is ridiculously underwater. That is it. It is a pure political motive only. If I thought it was based on principle, I would be sure to give him credit. All right, moving on. Can someone please get a muzzle on Dr. Fauci? Please stop this guy from talking and public appearances in the media. He is, this guy is just destroying the country. My gosh, here he is again, 
showing you, I opened up the show, right, with the messaging case. And let me say for the, you know, 500th time, it's not personal against Fauci. I don't know the guy. He is a public health figure. We live in a free constitutional republic. He is open to criticism. Jesse Waters criticized him at Turning Point. CNN was like, Jesse Waters threatens to kill Fauci. Are you guys that dumb? Did you even listen to the speech, you idiots? He's a public figure. He's open to scrutiny. He's not a monarch. Here he is again. I don't know, CNN or whatever, it doesn't matter. But here he is yesterday saying how, I don't know, you get those unvaccinated people coming over for Christmas. You better turn them around and send them home. Keep in mind, the Biden campaign gives a speech yesterday, or the Biden administration, excuse me. Hey, maybe we should calm down a little bit with Omicron. And here's Fauci telling people to get all riled up again. Total messaging chaos because they don't know what to do. Cater to their economic message or tell the truth about COVID. They don't know what to do. Check this out. If someone in your family isn't vaccinated, should you ask them not to show up? Uh, yes, I would do that. I mean, I think we're dealing with a, a serious enough situation right now that if there's an unvaccinated person, I would say, I'm very sorry, but not this time, maybe another time when this is all over. He says, don't worry. Um, and he's correct, Joe. He says, don't worry, Fauci will change his mind in a media <laughs> appearance in 20 minutes, which is correct, which is absolutely right. So it's a good point. Uh, but please uh, understand this. The messaging madness is for a reason. They don't want the economy to continue to downslide because of their panic, yet they need to panic to take away your civil liberties. You get it? And that's where the friction's happening. Very simply stated. Believe me, I'm getting it from really good people on the inside. They don't know what to do. Speaking of uh, messaging chaos and misinformation, Rochelle Walensky, the CDC director, who has been an endless um, source, a fountain of misinformation and disinformation from the start, I would make the case that between Fauci... Collins, the Biden administration and others, that the reason America is largely losing faith in the entire scientific infrastructure of the United States and the research community is because of those people. A lot of good scientists left, but people aren't listening anymore. I'll prove that to you in a second, precisely because of nonsense like this. Here's Rochelle Walensky answering questions. She was on Fox News with Brett Baer. They did a viewer segment question. So you're going to hear an open and it's a viewer question submitted on his phone saying, listen, Rochelle Walensky, you guys on the CDC keep promoting masking in schools based on pseudoscience, crap. And you keep promoting this Arizona study about masking that's already been debunked. I'll show that to you in a second. And yet she doesn't back down one bit. The Arizona study has been totally eviscerated by scientists, not politicians. And yet Rochelle Walensky, supposedly, a CDC, supposedly the CDC director, right? She's not acting like it, is committed to telling you a debunked study is still real so you can put a face diaper on your kids. Watch, it happens right here. This is Dave Joyce. Uh, he has a question about masks in schools. You have consistently cited one study in Arizona as justification for mask mandates in schools. Yet there's reporting in The Atlantic that shows that this study is deeply flawed. Will you follow the science and stop relying on faulty studies and end mask mandates for children in schools? response um you know there have been study after study not only in this country but in other countries that have demonstrated um that our layered prevention strategies including masks in schools are able to keep our schools safely open that is not what the study said my gosh and no there haven't been studies in other countries that have showed the efficacy of masks the Bangladesh study, which I'm, she doesn't say it, but given that I think I know more about this at this point, sadly, than Rochelle Walensky, or she knows more and is just lying, that's not what it showed. That study was discredited too. Oh, it's so frustrating. So The Atlantic, which is a left-leaning magazine, and David Zweig, who believe me, is no conservative at all. This is a left-leaning online magazine is criticizing Rochelle Walensky's study, the Atlanta study that viewer asked the question about. The study was crap. And yet the CDC is insisting your kid put a face diaper on based on a crap study, and she won't even admit it. Here, from lefties. I, by the way, this, this read this. This is in my news. Usually I don't give the Atlantic clicks, but if you go to my newsletter, bongino.com slash newsletter, you'll see the article right there. 
or you can just look it up direct. Either way, it's fine. But the article is called The CDC's Flawed Case for Wearing Masks in Schools. The agency's director, Walensky, has said repeatedly that schools without mask mandates have triple the risk of COVID outbreaks. That claim is based on very shaky science. This is a left-leaning magazine. Now, before I read this quote, they're trying to suggest to set it up that there's a study out of Arizona that if your school does not have a mask mandate, you have three times the risk of a COVID outbreak. But here's the catch of the study. The study's methodology and data set appear to have significant flaws. The trouble begins with the opening lines of the paper. Man, you don't have to get too far, folks. Where the authors say they evaluated the association between school mask policies and COVID outbreaks during July 15th to August 31st of 2021. Oh, okay. But after reviewing school calendars and speaking with several school administrators in, in, in Maricopa and Pima County, Arizona, the author found that only a small proportion of the schools in the study were actually open at any point during July. <laughs> it's, it's so funny. Some didn't even begin class until August 10th. Others were open from July 19th or July 21st. This means students in the latter group of schools has twice had, had twice as much time, six weeks instead of three weeks, in which to develop a COVID outbreak. <laughs> Folks, it, it, <laughs> it just never stops. It never stops. Have you ever heard, Rochelle Walensky, you claim to be a scientist, correct? I'm asking a serious question. Have you ever heard of a confounding variable, a variable you control? a variable you try to control for confounds. In other words, if you want to isolate the effects, is there, is there, folks, a simple science lesson, because there are some liberals listening, but the conservatives already know this, forgive me. A confounding variable is this. If you're trying to study the effects of aspirin on heart attacks, right? You want to make sure that the patients taking the aspirin are only taking the aspirin for heart attacks, not another drug called heart attack stop, Okay. Because if you're taking aspirin and drug B, heart attack stop, you have no idea if you got less heart attacks because of the aspirin or because of heart attack, heart attack, heart attack stop. That's called a confounding variable, the administration of another drug at the same time. A confounding variable in this case is time. If you're going to measure someone's propensity to catch COVID over a year and another person in a day, obviously there's 364 other opportunities for the person in the year to catch COVID than the dude in a day. Of course you're going to get more. This is the CDC director. She doesn't understand what a confounding variable is time. <laughs> oh my gosh. And then you wonder, you wonder, you wonder why Americans are writing off the scientific community. Sadly, believe me, it gives because there are a lot of terrific scientists out there. Jay Bhattacharya, Scott Atlas, and others. A lot of them. Marty Macari. You doubt me that America's tuning it out? Look, Axios, headline. America tunes out Omicron news despite ominous threat. Folks, people are tuning it out because of the endless litany of misinformation, messaging chaos, othering demonizing people who choose not to get the vaccine for a number of reasons, including health complications um, and natural immunity, things like citing mass studies that are thoroughly eviscerated on basic science and the, the, uh, the, the, the presence of confounding variables, uh, you know, the endless fear porn campaigns, you're all going to die. Folks, they're just writing these people off. They've had enough of it. And to the scientific community, for the good ones, we appreciate your work. Thank you. To the good doctors out there, we appreciate your work. Thank you. To the fear porn specialists out there, the Democrats, the Biden administration, and the socialists who are loving this new mandate regime, may God save your soul for what you did to this country with these ridiculous mandates, shredding companies, tearing people's lives apart, telling people to sit alone at Christmas and die of boredom. Unbelievable. I'm going to get to one last thing in Omicron that I want to move on. I want to thank the Daily East for something. And then uh, an update on the, uh, is the Clinton campaign in some legal trouble for their 2016 Spygate scandal? I'm not sure, but hmm, let me get to that in a minute. 
With cyber attacks on the rise, protecting your data security is more important than ever. So why is Congress considering a law that puts your data at greater risk of being hacked and exposed to foreign networks? The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill shifts billions in consumer spending to less secure payment networks, all so that corporate megastores can make bigger profits. Don't let Durbin Marshall steal your data. Visit handsoffmyrewards.com security and tell your senators to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Paid for by Electronic Payments Coalition. Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. Okay, just finally to wrap this story up, because we do science and reason on this show, despite the constant attacks on me, the show, our character, everything. Here's Bloomberg. I'm using a left-leaning outlet to show you that the panic porn over Omicron is grossly misplaced. And people like Fauci and Malinsky at this point should just be written off for their nonsense. Bloomberg, Omicron has an 80% lower risk of hospitalization, new study shows. It's not meeting the hype, folks. Serious virus, any viral infection you get at some point, you should take seriously. Put it in reason, okay? Risk reward. All right, moving on. I want to thank the yeast, the daily yeast for... uh, advertising this story. I, I, I have a small request. Can you please continue to write about this? So, you know, I am an equity stakeholder in Rumble, which is the free speech alternative to YouTube. So there was a cancel culture company called Tremor International, Tremor and Unruly, and it's some kind of ad tech platform. So what they did is they made some malicious claim against my show that there was some COVID misinformation. So it was odd. We asked Unruly and Tremor to produce the actual COVID misinformation and we got nothing but crickets, which is kind of weird. It's like it never existed. So that's kind of strange. So they said, yeah, we're thinking about, you know, not, not running ads on Dan Bongino's show and Rumble. So we said, how about this? How about we kick you off Rumble altogether for being cancel culture specialists and don't come back? Thank you. So the yeast wrote a story about it, uh, Zonk Padizzo, which we appreciate. Bongino bans advertiser that fretted over COVID misinfo on his free speech video platform. We appreciate it. Thank you. We're very proud of this story at Rumble. That's why we press released it. And I'd like to add as well, now when you Google, because you're thinking about an ad tech company, Tremor on Unruly, you'll see stories like this, which notes that they're not welcome on a free speech platform that millions of people use a month. So we really appreciate it, man. Thank you for optimizing our SEO and a small request. I'm not kidding, by the way. It's not a joke. I'm not being sarcastic. If you could continue to write this story in various formats, we would deeply appreciate it because there's nothing we want more than people to understand that Rumble's not taking any gaff from anyone. Okay. We're not taking any uh, guff from anyone. We're not interested in any of that crap. Sorry. You got guff. You can go somewhere else. We're not interested. And you want to play stupid games, you can win stupid prizes. So please continue to write about the story so that when people search for an ad tech company, they know they won't be reaching millions of people, millions of people on Rumble if they use Tremor and Unruly. We deeply appreciate that. We may write an article about your article. Do you give us permission to cite that? Just to make sure on SEO it goes there every time. So nice job. Thank you. Thank you, Zork. We appreciate it. Well done. Moving on. So just the news. I had given you an update yesterday. I appreciate all the positive feedback on my Clinton breakdown yesterday, how Clinton and the Brookings Institution, in my opinion, people in there colluded to push the Russia collusion narrative out there. I got a lot of great feedback, how we walked it through, how Clinton's guy, Strobe Talbot's a brother-in-law to this guy who worked for this guy, who Newland worked and was the chief of staff of Strobe Talbot at Brookings. We got some really nice feedback over that, and I appreciate it. But I wanted to give you an update about why this is such a serious, pressing matter. John Solomon has a story. It's just the news. that John Durham is zeroing in on the Clinton campaign. Could call some Clinton aides to testify, court memo reveals. I don't think I did enough because I wanted to get to the Brookings Institute connection about what Durham could have been looking at. But I didn't explain enough why the court filing yesterday is such a big deal. So John Durham, of course, is the special prosecutor looking into the Hillary Clinton uh, team's role in the collusion hoax. He's looking into the collusion hoax in general. 
So he identified in a court filing the other day five areas where the prosecutor's case may pose a conflict. The long and short of it is this. Forgive me for explaining this again, but I didn't think I did such a good job yesterday in a moment of uh, self-criticism that matters, okay? Because you got to correct yourself. The lawyer for Christopher Steele's primary subsource, this guy Igor Danchenko, works for a law firm. That law firm is also representing people on the Clinton campaign. Ladies and gentlemen, I don't think that's by accident. I don't think that's by accident. I think there's a reason that that happened. Okay? It's not a coincidence that the Clinton team is using the same law firm as this guy. I don't think the Clinton team obviously wants this guy to talk, this guy Danchenko. Okay? Because they don't want to tie it to Hillary Clinton in the end. So the Durham team in court did a court filing and said, no, there's going to be a conflict of interest here. And here's what they said. Quote, the Clinton campaign's knowledge or lack of knowledge concerning the veracity of information in the dossier created by Steele with help from Danchenko. In other words, that's a conflict. You know, Clinton and the Clinton team may want to attack Danchenko's credibility, but Danchenko's got lawyers working for the same firm. Danchenko may want to attack the Clinton team's credibility. You get it? It goes on. They cite the awareness or lack of awareness of the defendant's collection messages and uh, collect collection methods and subsources. Again, you get it? It's Danchenko as the primary subsource, alleged primary subsource for the dossier. It's in Danchenko's interest, Joe, to say, oh, Clinton knew everything. They did it. But it's in Clinton's interest to say, we didn't know what he was doing. Right. You everybody digging? It goes on. That their meetings or communications regarding Danchenko could be a conflict. That the defendant's knowledge or lack of knowledge regarding the Clinton campaign's role-in or activities surrounding the Steele dossier and the extent to which the Clinton campaign or its reps directed, solicited, or controlled Danchenko's activities. This is all fairly obvious if you're a lawyer. You can't have Danchenko and Clinton being represented by the same law firm when it's clear as day their interests are not the same. Danchenko is going to say, yes, I provided this information for the dossier and the Clinton team told me to do it. And the Clinton team is going to say, we don't know what the hell that guy was doing. We had nothing to do with it. They're going to Sergeant Schultz it. Is that why they had the same law firm? Does Clinton know that? Of course she does. Nothing's, nothing's an accident. Of course she knows it. I don't know. Speculating, of course, but nothing the Clintons do is ever by accident. That, I promise you. Having spent some time around Hillary Clinton in her inner sanctum, nothing, nothing they do is by accident. I'm telling you, I, all right, I, I'm, should, I'm a quick personal story because it is before Christmas. Consider this a Christmas gift. I don't do this often, but you know, so Hillary was famous for like getting back in the car and saying something totally contradictory to what she had just said at a speech at like fundraisers. I, I'm, I'm telling you, like she'd go out there and be like, oh my gosh. You know, we, we love all the, uh, the immigrant communities coming in. And she'd get back in a car and say the exact opposite. Like she got, the woman is as phony as a $3 bill. I mean, seriously, she is a total fraud. And it's in her best interest to lie about what they knew about Danchenko. All right, moving on. I didn't cover that well yesterday. I hope that sums it up a little bit better today. Okay, so I saw this story this morning at the uh, Associated Press AP. And I thought, well, what did you expect? Remember the American Rescue Plan and all the money that was doled out to supposedly assist in COVID relief? Well, the Secret Service, which does a lot of financial crimes, in addition to protection and the other thing, I don't know if you knew that, we have a criminal division that actually most of the agents are assigned to. Very few agents in the Secret Service are assigned to presidential protection. Very few. Probably less than 25% of the entire Secret Service workforce is assigned to presidential protection. The rest are doing financial crimes. So they had this financial crime, I guess, task force, and they found $100 billion stolen in pandemic relief funds. $100 billion fleeced. Folks, what did you expect? You expected the federal government, that is no incentive at all, none, no incentive at all to make sure money is distributed to people who actually, none. All they're interested in is a political headline. Oh, look, we gave a trillion dollars in relief. And everybody's like, yeah, government, relief. Great, look, they solved the problem. They have no incentive at all to follow the money and make sure it goes to zero, zero. So why would you be surprised when they dole out trillions of dollars that 10, 15, 20% of it goes to people that wasn't supposed to go? Why is that even surprising? So Dan, why are you bringing it up? 
Because despite the fact that we've read, Joe, how many of these headlines in the, I don't know, seven, oh. eight years you've been doing the show, have we read about government wasting money? So, what, 100, 500, uh, 200? Think, yeah. Who the hell? No, who knows? You, you would think, right, that if you were a liberal listening to this show, and believe me, we get them. I get their death threats all the time, right? You would think you'd be like, my gosh, government really sucks at this. No, nope. <laughs> Not at all. Biden's plowing ahead with the Build Back Worse plan where they want to send out, what, upwards of four to seven trillion if the if the um, programs are pushing or renewed. They're plowing right ahead. It, what could he said what could possibly go wrong? I don't know. A hundred billion stolen could possibly go wrong. It doesn't matter. Liberals are immune to facts. It doesn't matter. On an international note. Showing you again the power of socialist propaganda that regardless of the continued failure of the government to get anything right ever, ever, they can't run the DMV, even quasi-government agencies like the post office, they can't do anything right, the government. Liberals still want more government. They love their married to failure. They are, they lips to the ass of his failure in the liberal. I love, oh, uh, surgically attached <laughs> lips to the ass of failure. They just, it's unbelievable. On the international note, I didn't forget what I was going to say. I follow, I don't talk about it a lot, foreign policy, but I'm, I'm, I love it. I'm fascinated by it. I'm just not sure it's a big issue with the audience. So I talk about it when I think it's a story that'll resonate with you. Uh, Chile. Chile, they just elected a hardcore communist after 30 years of Chile recovering from socialism and communism and becoming one of the most prosperous countries in South America. They get this young guy in there. He's a devout socialist and he's big on the propaganda, had a bunch of Hollywood actors down there support him. He just won and didn't win small. He got 56% of the vote. He's now about to destroy and decimate Chile's economy. Guaranteed. Wednesday, December 22nd, folks, mark the date. Give it a couple of years, he'll destroy Chile's economy. 100%. And it won't matter. They'll blame it on capitalist pigs or something. Guaranteed. Guaranteed. These people are totally immune to evidence. There is nothing you can tell them. They believe without a shred of evidence or dignity. Because they can't, it's a lie to people. You have no dignity at all. They believe without a shred of evidence that government's a source for prosperity in their lives. You know who always explains this stuff better for me, better than me? A little bit of a long cut, about a minute, 50 seconds. The great Thomas Sowell, a legend, who I'm still trying to get on my show unfiltered, but it's tough. Thomas Sowell is a genius. He is, I think, one of the finest economists of our time. He's also a philosopher, whether he accepts that title or not, it's true. And he explains why he was a far leftist at one point early in his life and how watching how government works behind the scenes, he worked for the government, turned him into a devout, constitutionalist, liberty-loving conservative when it comes to economic principles. I want you to listen to his story about when he was assigned as a young socialist, which he admits he was, to analyzing the effects of minimum wage in Puerto Rico and came to the conclusion that government doesn't exist to help anybody at all. Government exists to preserve itself check this out government is really not the answer i mean that is <laughs> milton friedman didn't cure you but the federal government the did. federal government did so never say the federal government doesn't do anything <laughs> <laughs> so what what was it in about the job well i i, I what, my job was to look look at to study minimum wage uh setting in in puerto rico and of course, there and I discovered that as they kept raising the minimum Department of Labor, or uh, yes. you're collecting statistics for something. Okay. Yeah, All right, got and it, got for it. a report, report. Right. Uh, and and I, I noticed that as they kept raising the minimum wage, the, the employment kept going down. And of course, the economics was saying that was why. But the there were two theories. The uh, uh, um, the, the, the unions and uh, said that uh, the reason it was going down was that uh, there were hurricanes came through, a series of hurricanes uh, during the time they collected the data, and that uh, it destroyed the, the sugar cane in the field so there was less required to be processed. And so the question is, which of those is right? And I and I thought I'd been trained in Chicago that if there are two different theories, there must be some factual thing that would be different 
at least in principle. So I spent the whole summer trying to figure out what, what, how would I test this? And finally, I came in one day and announced to the little group here in the office that I have it. That what we need are statistics on the amount of sugarcane standing in the field before the, before the hurricane came through. And I'm waiting for the congratulations. And I can see look of, looks of shock in the room, like this idiot has stumbled on something that will ruin us all. You know? <laughs> and I realized I was concerned as to whether this law was beneficial or not beneficial to low-income people. They were concerned because this law was providing one-third of the income of the U.S. Department of Labor. <laughs> Folks, seriously, that may be the greatest economic cut we've ever played on this show. I'm not being hyperbolic to uh, steal you know, a footnote, Joe Biden. That's not hyperbole, man. Not a joke, but really not a joke. That may be the greatest cut we've ever played in this show. So Thomas Sowell's a young socialist, is assigned to look at government data on the effectiveness of minimum wage and employment. He finds out that as they raise the minimum play, minimum wage, which is supposed to be good for people, right? It's making the situation in Puerto Rico worse. <laughs> worse, not better. So the government agency he's working for that's assigned to you know, monitor this program and minimum wage, getting paid to do it, of course comes up with an excuse. Well, the situation in Puerto Rico is getting worse because of the minimum wage going up, but not because of it, because of it sugarcane problem and hurricanes and whatever. So Thomas Sowell says, well, I got an interesting way to figure out if that is the cause. Let's see what the sugarcane production was before and after. And we can get rid of that confounding variable. Oh, you like how we tie the show together? The people in the government are horrified. Like, Thomas, you can't do that. Because then if you do that and we don't have sugarcane as an excuse, we'd have to come to the conclusion that the government is administrating a minimum wage program that's making their situation worse. And we're getting paid to do it. Shut your pie hole, Thomas Sowell. That's how Thomas Sowell came to our side of the aisle. Or I shouldn't say ours. It's his side. Of the he was here before me. I'm not kidding. Probably one of the most powerful minute and 50 second expositions on why government sucks you'll ever hear. That government program in Puerto Rico existed for one reason and one reason only. It had nothing to do with Puerto Ricans. It had everything to do with people in the government keeping their jobs to administer a program they knew was hurting people. Now, does it make sense why we needed a trillion in pandemic relief to be given out? Gosh, only you know, I can only imagine how many people got paid to give those funds out. 100 billion stolen. Incredible. All right, um, moving on. So uh, this is just kind of a funny story here. I mean, this, I, it's, not, it's unintentionally funny, but it is a moment of unintentional comic relief. Here's an Axios story by Mike Allen covering a White House memo. You're better off now than you were under Trump. That's freaking hilarious. Really? Again, can you produce a single data point that any of that, you're better off anywhere now than you were under Trump? I just thought of a few. Inflation? Nah. Border? Nope. China relations? Definitely not. Russia? Nope. Gas prices? Definitely a negative. And was oh Afghanistan oh yeah dev, no definitely not better in Afghanistan I forgot I didn't even write that one down educational outcomes nope what about coronavirus no nope, no there either I I'm not kidding if, if listen if something was getting better I don't like Joe Biden but I would tell you seriously I would because I'm not a negative guy contrary to what the leftist perception of me is please tell me one thing better under this guy anything. I'm really said, so you know where to find me. My email's on the website. You can, uh, we have our, our Facebook open on the back end for messages. Send me one area, something significant. Don't cite like the, you know, rodent population in, in Eastern Texas. I mean, one significant sphere of this country's education, healthcare, whatever it may be, where we're better off now than we were under Trump. The border. <laughs> I'm not suggesting Trump was the Messiah, folks. I don't golden calf anyone. But this, candidly, is hilarious. White House memo, you're better off now. Really? Now, I know the fact checks will say, oh, you're better off now. We just meant from the day Trump left office. No, no, I don't, I don't agree with that either. That's crap, too. You are not better off. You are worse off. Yeah, that's a good point. Like, if you have to... 
It reminds me, he said, if you have to put out a memo to remind people they're better off, Joe, you're probably not. And what's the line media used to use? Remember that horrible movie, G.I. Jane with Demi Moore, where, uh, you know, she comes in and she, she gives this big speech and the commander gets up and, uh, he's, yeah. and she goes, and I'm not trying to make a statement. And the commander gets up and says, people who don't want to make statements don't make statements about not making statements. That's the White House. That's the White House. Making a statement about not making a statement, which is making a statement. Now you know you're in trouble. Ridiculous. And remember as well to those people saying, oh, well, at least the economic growth, the GDP is better. Folks, that's nonsense. GDP was on a far better trajectory when Joe Biden took office than he, and he is than it is now. Far better. Far better. The trajectory has been downward. The growth numbers maybe, but it was on a far better trajectory. He's just making that up. All right. All right. Last sponsor. I got a cut coming up next of a squad member back. To, you know, Joe Manchin, the attacks clearly didn't work on Joe Manchin. And what I believe to be the biggest backfire um, in the history of modern politics, attacking Joe Manchin before the Build Back Worse plan, uh, you know, confronting him on his houseboat, attacking him in a parking garage, surrounding his car. That worked great. Made him a hard no on the Build Back Worse plan. So now when that doesn't work, they go with the Tom Marr approach. Remember Tom Marr, God rest his soul. He was a great conservative radio host at WCBM. Tom Marr used to say with the left, we haven't used it in a while. When all else fails, you're a racist. You got to go with your racist. <laughs> yeah. Jamal Bowman, here we go. Joe Manchin's a racist. That's coming up next, of course. That's what they got to do. They have, no, they have nothing else. It's the othering of people. It's the othering of people all the time. Hey, standing up for what you believe in can be challenging. Believe me, I know. I'm going through a big fight right now. But there are basic things you can do to stand up for your principles, like buying from companies that believe in what you and I believe in. We have to stick together now more than ever. And there's been one mobile phone company willing to stand with you in defense of liberty and religious freedom since 2012. Patriot Mobile. They're America's only Christian conservative wireless provider. They offer broad nationwide coverage. In fact, they use the same towers as all the major carriers. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and their 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional customer support. More importantly, Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations fighting for religious freedom, constitutional rights, the sanctity of life, and our veteran and first responder heroes. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Dan or call 972-PATRIOT. Get free activation with the offer code Dan. They always have special discounts for veterans and first responders and for multi-line accounts. Support a company that loves America, loves you, and shares your values. Go to patriotmobile.com slash Dan, patriotmobile.com slash Dan, or call 972-PATRIOT. Thanks, Patriot. So the Joe Manchin strategy was clearly an apocalyptic backfire. Like, let's confront him in a parking garage and hurl expletives at him and and yell at him and scream at him, and maybe he'll support the Build Back Worse plan, despite the fact that $100 billion was stolen from the last cash handout. Let's hand out a couple trillion more. What the hell? I mean, evidence isn't really the left's thing. So here's Jamal Bowman filling in the gap. Uh, we haven't had Joe Biden, uh, Joe Manchin, excuse me, accused of being a racist yet. Up until now, here we go. It's now Joe Manchin's a racist time. Check this out. This bill disproportionately supports uh, people of color. It supports people of color. It supports women. It supports children. It supports those who are poor and lifts them out of poverty. Uh, why wouldn't Manchin want to support that when this would benefit uh, West Virginia tremendously? It's tremendously frustrating for me as a black man in America because once again, it's an example of Joe Manchin as a white man showing that he doesn't care about black people. He doesn't care about Latinos. He doesn't care about immigrants. He doesn't care about women. And he doesn't care about the poor. He is a millionaire and he has the privilege to kick the can down the road and not vote for this bill while the people in my district are suffering. I mean, that is just downright hilarious and it's stupidity. This bill would benefit people of color. Wait, you mean like the liberal bills for the last hundred years in liberal cities across America where black and Hispanic Americans are subjected to the worst schools, the worst health care and the worst economic conditions anywhere in America. You mean like those bills or you mean like the last bill that led to massive inflation, the slowing down of the economy, a health care crisis and coronavirus sprouting again through new variants. You mean those bills? So let me just be clear on this. Because Joe Manchin, who I'm no fan of, and again, would never vote for in a million years, but because Joe Manchin's concerned about inflation, 
which deeply impacts poor and minority folks, uh, poor minority, uh, poor and minority folks, because unlike liberals, they're not the same thing. Liberals always talk about minority as if they're all poor, as if like Joe Biden said yesterday, black entrepreneurs can't find lawyers, which is the most openly racist thing you could possibly say. But poor folks who happen to be white, black, Hispanic, Asian, otherwise, and minority folks as well. Inflation hits them the worst. Poor folks don't have, you know, uh, you know, millions of dollars tautologically to invest in inflation hedged instruments. Rich people do. Jamal Bowman doesn't know any of that. This bill's going to benefit people of color. How's that exactly? Like your other bills? How do the Green New Deal and making gas more expensive for people of color? How by stealing four trillion more of their tax dollars and creating an inflation crisis? In a debt scenario where we're closing in on $30 trillion in debt? These people are, folks, Jamal Bowman and the squad members are really not that bright. They're not. I can tell. They're really not that bright. Usually I say, are they just dumb or are they lying? In this case with the squad members, yeah, I think they're just dumb. The guy has no idea what he's talking about. Joe Manchin, ironically, may have saved the Democrat Party by voting down this disaster, which would cause an inflationary cascade that would have been hard to stop. Okay. I just want to address, again, yesterday, what I addressed today. My fight with cumulus is ongoing, despite all the you know, endless leftist attacks, which is they're really thirsty for Dan Bongino stories. You can tell they're like obsessed with my show, which I said yesterday, it's kind of hilarious how many pieces they publish about me. And I want to thank you for all of the emails in support of my uh, ongoing fight against Cumulus's vaccine mandate. I deeply appreciate it. You know, a lot of you heard about it for the first time yesterday through the leftist reports and your emails and your feedback have been incredible. I appreciate it. And I just want to assure you, because I want to beat this dead horse to death. I want to assure you with everything in me that my motives on this thing and fighting the vaccine mandate, trying to preserve some people's jobs at Cumulus, I promise you, are, we're entirely pure. The motives of others attacking me, some of whom are looking for my job, others who are contacting radio stations who claim to be conservatives, you know, behind my back, suggesting they should fill in my spot on the radio. Um, whether their motives are pure or not, you'll have to figure out for yourself. But I really just wanted to help. And it's been a, a frustrating professional experience having to deal with an organization that just doesn't seem to care. I just wonder how the shareholders of Cumulus are taking this knowing that my earnings are not immaterial to the company by simple math. I'd be furious. I mean, really, I'd be furious. Moving on, don't want to beat that dead horse because it's an important fight, and I'll continue to update you. As I said, tomorrow on Thursday, I'll let you know what's going on with my future at Cumulus because their leverage dissipates every single day. I just wanted to bring this story up because it's important to me. You know, uh, I'm, I remain an equity holder in parlor. I've distanced myself from any... Uh, kind of internal, uh, you know, uh, communications or management or anything like that. I never really managed the company, but any kind of consulting or anything like that. But uh, that, that's not a bad thing. They're doing, they're doing some good stuff with NFTs. I'm not trying to knock them. I'm just saying I've got, you know, had a lot going on. It just wasn't a good fit at the time. But having gone through, you know, bringing Parler from an app with, you know, 25,000 users to, you know, 20 million users and being the number one app in the world after, you know, we came on board, me and a couple others. I was very proud of that. And one of the most devastating experiences in my life, Joe, you would live through it with me, man, with the Paul. I mean, mm -hmm. you, I was pretty depressed. <laughs> you could probably vouch for me yeah. on that. Was watching Amazon, Apple and Google, Twilio, Zendesk and others you know, $3 trillion companies and a couple million dollar companies gang up on Parler to basically try to wipe them off the internet. They failed. Parler is back and actually doing quite well. Um, but to watch them gang up on Parler and wipe them off the internet or try to uh, because they just didn't like the fact that Parler was a free speech platform was one of the most deeply depressing experiences of my life because there was nothing we could do. We tried, we, you know, we're still trying, the company's trying, uh, and it's doing a good job. It's back. I mean, it's been back and doing quite well, but Amazon was a part of that. They just did it because it was a free speech platform. Amazon, uh, wiped out the, uh, 
you know, parlor from its servers in AWS. And I would never, by the way, just a side note, I would never, ever, Rumble has a cloud services platform, choose Rumble. Do never, ever use AWS, Amazon for your servers. Never. I'm warning you what they did to parlor, they can do to you. They don't like your politics. You run for office one day, you make a social media post. I wouldn't be the least bit surprised if Amazon says, hey, see, I didn't fit with our business model. Amazon Web Services, AWS, is a disaster. Do not go near it with a 10-foot pole. Whether you use Rumble or not or someone else, I can't tell you what to do. I'm just telling you, don't use AWS. And showing you what phonies, this company at Amazon, phonies, total frauds, wipe out Parler because they don't like free speech because some conservatives are on there. Story by Just the News, Madeline Hubbard. Amazon reportedly bends to China and deletes reviews on Xi's book, promotes communist propaganda. So you want to take a shot at Chinese communist propaganda books? Better not. You better give it a five-star review. Amazon's going to take that down, that review. But don't worry. They're all in it for freedom of speech and all that stuff. Wipe out parlor. Make sure you promote communist uh, propaganda. That's A-OK. Totally full of crap. Seriously, one of the most depressing experiences I've ever been through. There's nothing worse than the feeling of being helpless and watching three $1 trillion companies make you the single point of their ire because they hate conservatives and free speech. Apple, Amazon, and, uh, and Google. Watching them all go after Parler. That's why we have to build this parallel economy in our old internet. I'll have some updates on that coming up soon, too. All right, folks, we're getting close to Christmas. We're going to wrap it up today. Please check out my radio show today. I got Sean Davis coming on later. Also have an update on their airwaves about my situation with Cumulus, which I'll uh, be. Oh, yeah, questions. Oh, yeah. I'll post that right now. Questions. I'm going to my local. Here's the locals app right there. You're going to see it. I'm now posting. I'll put it up right now. Questions for tomorrow's podcast. There it is. The post is getting ready to publish it right now on the Locals app. So go to Locals. I'll put questions. There we go. Publish. It is now up. There you go. There's my Locals app. Go to Locals. You can download the app or go to Locals.com. And uh, I'm at Bongino. Follow me if you want to be a subscriber. I post some pretty exclusive content there. I do some workout videos and stuff like that. Some other stuff. Pictures out eating with my wife and kids. It's like the Dan Bongino reality show. I'd appreciate it if you'd be a subscriber. Uh, helps us uh, get through the boycott brigade right there too. Uh, but you can submit questions. You can also go to Rumble, rumble.com slash Bongino and comment under any of the videos, uh, preferably today's. And we'll get to the questions on tomorrow's show. All right. Thanks again for tuning in. I really appreciate all your support with this fight with Cumulus. Your emails are heartwarming. I deeply appreciate it. Thank you so much. I'm not giving up on you. So thanks a lot. I'll see you all later. You just heard Dan Bongino.